The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 and welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a hoop ball presentation, so you know what to do. Check out hoop ball online, hoop-ball.com, or on Twitter at hoopballtweets. A lot of great content, as I always say, but I kid you not, whenever I say it, definitely make sure to get your eyeballs over there because it's good stuff. And, you know, you have the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, free agency just around the corner after that, summer league just around the corner after that, and before you know it, we're less than, a, well, just, well, I think just about 100 days? Basically, less than 100 days at this point before the new NBA season rolls around. So that means fantasy basketball right back in swing. Gotta get ready for that. Put your money where your mouth is or try the free ones. That's what I like to do. No shame in that game either. So definitely make sure to look at that. All right, so today we're doing some off-season previews, and I wanted to start with one team that I have something of a soft spot for, just because I've always, I'm not going to lie, I've liked their uniforms. I always thought their uniforms were really kind of neat. And that team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the Timberwolves start, uh, finished the season 23-49. and 49. They were 13th in the Western Conference. Uh, they were coached by Ryan Saunders for the first uh, 31 games. They finished 7-24. and 24. And then he was dismissed, and Chris, Chris Finch was brought in for the rest of the way, and they finished a much more respectable 16-25. and 25. The Timberwolves were 25th in offensive rating, 28th in defensive rating, and 26th in net rating, which pretty much means they were at the bottom of the barrel in almost all categories. Um, and it was a pretty disappointing season, uh, despite some electrifying moments, notably from uh, Timberwolves' Rookie of the Year, and in my mind, arguable Rookie of the Year. I think there's a tremendous case to call him Rookie of the Year, uh, Anthony Edwards. But remember, uh, this was supposed to be a year for Minnesota that they were going to be in the plan. You know, they acquired D'Angelo Russell at the 2021 at the 2020 deadline. Uh, they had went and used the first overall pick in last fall's draft to get Anthony Edwards. So this was supposed to be the time. Unfortunately, as it seems to have happened in years past of Minnesota since the, the, the days of Kevin Love, and, and probably even before that. I don't remember Kevin Garnett being um, less durable than these guys, but injuries. Injuries struck, and, and this was just the same thing that happened to the Timberwolves in 2019-2020. D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, they had trouble staying healthy at the same time. Through 50 games, both players appeared on the court together through just four of them. Again, four out of 50 games for your two big player. That's never going to do it for you, and that's uh, if you decide alone that D'Angelo Russell and Carl Dean Towns on their own as the best two players on your team are good enough for playing contention. Without even looking at that, if you can't even have them on the floor available, then, I mean, what do you have? Not that it would have mattered anyway, because like I said, through those four games of the 50 uh, that they played, they had already at that point had a 12-38 and 38 record, which meant that there was no chance in anywhere on anyone's green earth that they'd be in the playoffs. But, and I take this with a grain of salt, but just like most bad teams, or some bad teams, they had some encouraging signs during the last few weeks of the season. You know, a young player flourishes or really breaks out. In this case, Anthony Edwards had a tremendous second half of the season, really flashed star potential, really improved on his efficiency, you know, had a couple had a couple 40-point games, just became a, a much more um, exciting player to meet the hype that he already had. Uh, Russell and Towns, 
together actually yielded a pretty competitive uh, product on the floor for the Wolves. Those were 13 and 11 in games that both of them played. Uh, you had that as well. And, and, and supporting cast members on that team stepped up in other ways too. You know, um, Malik Beasley was out when he was in. He shot very well. Ricky Rubio really improved down the stretch of the season after a, a pretty horrific start. Um, there was a lot there to take away that you have at least some faith, I would imagine, if you're a Timberwolves fan, that you can build off of this for the future uh, for Minnesota. Now, with that being said, offseason's here, and the preview on this, it's, it's I don't want to say it's, it's quite simple, but... They don't really have a lot to do. The, the Timberwolves cap-wise don't have a lot of flexibility. You have Carl Thien Towns, you have DeAndre Russell. Both are on max contracts. <laughs> don't know if, y'all, if folks realize that, but both are, are getting paid uh, a pretty good grip of the of the, the money available right now. $29 million for Cat, $28 million for D'Angelo Russell. That's huge. Then you have Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, and Anthony Edwards taking up uh, eight-figure salaries as well. Ricky Rubio is making 17, although he's an expiring contract. Malik Beasley just got re-signed uh, last offseason. He's making 13, and the Anthony Edwards is making uh, just under 10 mil. So you have that as well. And of those guys, I mean, if you're looking at the core of the team, uh, whether or not you feel... However you feel about D'Angelo Russell, Carlton Towns is in there right now. Anthony Edwards is definitely in there. And then if you take D'Angelo Russell and throw him in there, that makes three. Cat, D'Lo, and Ant. And then just outside of that, I put Malik Beasley. Just past that, I put Ricky Ruby. I really don't see him as a long-term piece for this team. And then after that, it's like kind of everything goes. And I only say that because I personally... And I'm intrigued by Jay McDaniels. He has a future. I, I can't say I can't say he's by by his age, by his potential, he should be in that list as well in some capacity. Wancho uh, Hernan Gomez, I think, has, has disappointed. Jared Culver has definitely done that. You could say the same for Jake Lehman. Josh Koji is a de- decent defender, iffy shooter. They actually had him playing power forward through some of the year. I, that was an experiment that went really well. Um, and that's another thing. If you look at the coaching. You know, uh, Ryan Saunders tried some wacky things, you know, the pace and space. Uh, him and Gerson Rosas, uh, Gershon Rosas really dug into that uh, with mixed results. You know, it wasn't exactly as good as it could have been. Um, Chris Finch came in and, and, and doubled. He was like, no, we're just going to get bigger. Like, we're not going to zig where they zag. We're just going to stack it up, you know. And they had lineups with Cap um, on the floor at the same time that you had your other uh, previously backup five, but currently at least in that iteration playing um, a four in Nas Reed uh, lined up together six nine Nas Reed with um, six eleven Cat in the in the front court like they did some size they junked it up a little bit that's something I do want to make notice as far as uh, the future of maybe a Nas Reed there as well but aside from that I'm I'm not really sold on anyone here from Minnesota but they're kind of stuck uh, they're not really going to be a, a player in free agency because how could they you know <laughs> what money where I don't see it um. As far as needs, thinking a uh, starting power forward for sure. Like I said, they had Okoji playing power forward. And, of course, this is after an offseason where they tried to fill that need by going after Derrick Jones Jr. They ended up relenting. Well, Derrick Jones Jr. chose Portland, and so they ended up going with Hernan Gomez. But I don't feel he's really a four in that way. I think he swings between the three and the four. That's actually what he did under Finch this past season. More once Finch took over, he swung between the three and the four. And either way, no matter what position he is, I do not look at Hernan Gomez as a starter. 
at all, by any stretch of the imagination. So that's something there as well. Um, speaking of Hernan Gomez, both him and, and Lehman, Jake Lehman's contracts, only guaranteed for one more year. So that's something you have um, as far as expiring deals that you could put in, in, in a package for trade because somehow you have to get that starting level power forward. And if you don't think Jay McDaniels is that guy right now, what are you looking at? You know, maybe a Jarek Culver? I don't see it. And Nas Reed full-time there is not his optimal position. It just isn't. Um, speaking of trades, mentioned Lehman and Herman Gomez. I would think about Ricky Rubio as well. You know, he had a positive impact uh, as a veteran uh, for those Timberwolves, notably Anthony Edwards, but he is on a $17.8 million expiring contract. That's something that could definitely take up uh, a chunk if you were trying to say trade him and some picks and maybe Malik Beasley for, I don't know, Ben Simmons. Talk about that in a second. But that's another person I expect to kind of be available um, in trade. So you don't have a lot of flexibility to make moves, but you have some pieces, some expiring guys. Um, I definitely would consider putting picks in. You have a guy, Malik Beasley, who hasn't really had a whole lot of, of playing time this season, only, you know, due to his own personal legal issues, but is a very good three-point shooter, has had tremendous success doing that for Minnesota, and even if he's not exactly a starting two, um, you definitely look at him as a six-man who could fill it up, come off the bench in like a Terrence Ross type role, at least that's how I see Malik Beasley, so you have some pieces there in Beasley, in Rubio, you know, in some of these expiring contracts in Lehman and Herman Gomez that you can possibly use for trades, and I imagine that if Minnesota's going to upgrade their roster, that's how they're going to do that this offseason. And really, that's their only available available option because they sent their number seven overall draft pick to Golden State, and that completes the DeAndre Russell, Andrew Wiggins trade of last year. Uh, but they do have a young prospect coming over this season, Leandro Bomaro. He's last year's number 23 overall pick. Uh, he is available uh, to come over this year. So he will um, be with the Timberwolves this season. He's interesting. Definitely going to be another infusion of talent that Minnesota needs. Uh, that kind of makes up for a draft pick if you look at it that way. And another good news, uh, another good sign or another good piece of news for Minnesota is that after making the deal that they did and, and closing that out, the number seven is, you know, with Golden State, uh, all of the team's first round picks ne- this upcoming season and for years to come are freed. So, you have a guy in Gershon, Ro- in Gershon Rosas who's shown the ability or the willingness to be aggressive, to swing for the fences, to go for these trades. And so now, if you have, you know, some decent players, a couple of future picks, you could package up together. You have a guy in Rosas who will definitely work to make that happen. And now you have the chance to get yourselves a power forward that would conceivably fit in alongside Cat, D'Lo, and Anthony Edwards. And, and and speaking of that, that brings me to the Minnesota Timberwolves and Ben Simmons, because that's been something that has picked up some steam over the last couple of weeks. You had a report from SB Nation. Um, you've, you had a couple of reports. Um, it was really first reported from uh, John Krasinski from The Athletic, um, and he basically said that the Wolves will be active in trade discussions and that they will be in on Simmons and others. I'm going to read the quote from him. Um a lot of the discussion from Wolves fans is centered on Ben Simmons. The All-Star flamed out spectacularly in the playoffs of Philadelphia, leading to widespread speculation that Daryl Moy will have to break up the Joel Embiid-Ben Simmons core to try to reconfigure the roster and get over the hump. The Timberwolves pride themselves in getting involved in trade talks, and sources indicate that they will be in on Simmons in addition to a number of other players as they try to vault in a playoff contention in the Western Conference. End quote. Uh, Dane Moore, who also covers the Timberwolves, had this to add in addition. Uh, and this is another 
tweet, I'm going to quote it, Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Gershon Rosas, and 76ers general manager Elton Brand met in Chicago during the NBA Combine, sources say, where a Ben Simmons trade to Minnesota was discussed. The negotiations are not substantive at this time, sources say. Um, Honestly, as far as the talk, I mean, that makes sense. You know, Philadelphia definitely wants to make a move. I think they have to, quite frankly. I think you've reached the ceiling of what a Joel Embiid Ben Simmons team can be without changing Ben Simmons' position, which doesn't help them either because Joel Embiid plays on the inside. Whether or not Ben Simmons shoots the basketball at all from any area, he can't shoot from the outside, so he needs to shoot from the inside. So you take all that in consideration. Um, it's just not a good fit. It's reached the, the, the peak of what it can be. I think if you get a floor spacing big, some more shooting there, why not? And, and let's be real. I mean, for the salary that Ben Simmons is there, you're not paying that much for a, a superstar role player. Uh, let me, let me to walk that back. A star role player. Don't want to say superstar. Superstars raise their game in the highest levels of play, and Ben Simmons does not do that. But for the Timberwolves, pursuing Simmons makes a lot of sense. I think for one, I mean, look, defensively, Simmons is still a terror there. The Timberwolves are 28th, like I said, in defensive rating this past year. Carlton Towns, on the other hand, would be perfect to offset the offensive uh, uh, misgivings or, or weaknesses of Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid can shoot the three-pointer, does kind of hang in the mid-range sometimes, but his best game is back-to-the-basket, traditional post-up center. Carlton Towns can do all of that, but he stretches the floor like no other. He's one of the best shooting big men ever. In terms of efficiency, in terms of volume, the way he can go from the inside, the way he can go from the outside, amazing. He's made just under 40% of his threes, and he's taken over seven attempts per game over the last two years. So if you get that, you know, you're not worrying about Ben Simmons having to shoot. He can be a secondary playmaker alongside a D'Angelo Russell. He can be a guy who defensively can switch one through five positionally um, and, and kind of relieve the the the, the, the highest firepower offensive player for the other team. He can do that. He can mitigate some of the weaknesses for Minnesota by being able to take him and say, you know what, we're putting Ben Simmons on him, take him out the game. Offensively, play within his strengths. Focus on rebounding. Focus on putbacks. You know, he he brings the ball. He can do that every once in a while, but you have enough guys to be able to do that. Anthony Edwards uh, rising among the ranks there, but obviously D'Lo as well. I think he meshes well with Carlton Towns. There's enough good reasons why that fit could work that you know, I don't know if I if I say I'd be excited about it, but I definitely would like it. I mean, the biggest reason for Minnesota is getting more talent. We just mentioned their situation this year, but situations in years past, well, let's be simple. They're Minnesota. Like, top-tier talent free in free agency isn't really coming to Minnesota. I mean, their best chance was when they made the trade for Jimmy Butler and they had him... Um, Andrew Wiggins and, and, and Carl Anthony Towns, and then, you know, you're able to get Derrick Rose, although his star had certainly fallen from, from prime Derrick Rose. He was still a, a, a something of a big name in terms of free agency. You know what I mean? So that's really all you're looking at if you're going to bring in guys. It's through traits. It's through being proactive, you know, assessing weaknesses and being able to make plays while other teams are in position of of – of strength, I guess, or or where they're in, in relative position of strength to the other team, that they can make a deal that could somewhat work. And that's where we get to, making a deal that could work out some way. Um, Krasinski noted out in his piece that, you know, acquiring either D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards for the 76ers, that's unlikely. I mean, Edwards would obviously be the most intriguing. There is no way Minnesota does that, and they would be just idiotic to even consider such a thing. So that's off the table. D'Lo would be a lot more of a piece that's interesting. You could see the fit in Philadelphia, him being able to focus on, you know, scoring the ball, you know, being a point guard that could definitely take a shot, stretch the floor from deep. That would open up space, theoretically, for for um, 
Joel Embiid to go to work down the post, even if the fit isn't a uh, 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 simpatico like a perfect mesh, it's still somewhat decent there, and it makes sense. We've seen iterations of a scoring point guard, a shooting point guard, and a dominant big man work. We've seen that with a shooting guard in general. I mean, you could look at Shaq Kobe, Shaq Wade. I don't want to use Shaq again, but we've seen big men and you know dominant guards play together, and that's something that could happen. But if Minnesota is not going to put D'Lo out there, is not going to put Anthony Edwards out there. Let's take the quote that Krasinski said. He said, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell, the Timberwolves view Russell as part of the core and want to keep it that way, sources said, give coach Chris Finn three accomplished offensive players to get buckets down the stretch. So fine, you take away Towns, Edwards, and Russell. What do you have? I mean, interest, in my opinion, if your Philly goes from, whoa, okay, let's get some serious conversation to, oh, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Malik Beasley would lead a package, probably. He'd be the next best player in terms of both immediate value and potential. I mean, he's only 25 at this point. Ricky Rubio and other players would definitely match salary. Again, I go back to Lehman or Hernan Gomez, maybe a Jared Culver or, or even um, a Josh Koji. You know, at that point, the 76 can basically look at the rest of the roster and say, hey, we get our take our pick of whatever pieces we may find intriguing just because there aren't that many. Um, and Beasley would help out. You know, he's someone that has definitely improved in, in his ability to go to the basket off the dribble. Um, he's still someone that off-movement, high-efficient, high-volume three-point shooter. Um, he would definitely help with that. Um, he would add some playmaking in terms of, you know, perimeter creation. He's not really a playmaker in that way. But, you know, just any guy to run a pick-and-roll Philadelphia would be great. I mean, we have the artist formerly known as George Hill, you know, alongside Ben Simmons, um, Tyrese Maxey, kind of, and Shake Milton running the show for Philadelphia this past season. So I think anything like that would be an upgrade there. But I don't know. I just think that if you are trading for Philadelphia, Ben Simmons, who, you know, warts and all is still a star talent, and the main piece of that return is Malik Beasley, I don't know. I don't know. I think if you're Minnesota and you're Philadelphia, if Min- if Philadelphia is going for D'Angelo Russell, you make that trade happen. You don't think about it. Plans change. Things happen. I think defensively there's a better fit there. I don't believe that D'Lo is that guy to go alongside Carlton Towns moving forward. And I think that if you take... Ben Simmons, he's not that guy either, but you clearly put it around and you clearly put around Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, and then you fit in Ben Simmons that way. Now, of course, that may not happen. There's still a whole lot there. Um, Minnesota may decide to dump a lot more draft picks, for example, or, you know, the politics of the fact that Carl Anthony Towns and, and, and D'Lo are good friends and that he was a big reason why D'Lo worked his way to Minnesota to begin with. I mean, there's a lot there, but that's something that I think is potentially the biggest question mark for Minnesota moving forward. Do they make a trade for a power forward, specifically Ben Simmons? Now, off-season predictions for this team, I don't have many. I think that where they are right now, um, they really don't have a, a way of adding, you know? Just hope for internal development from your guys. You hope for another leap forward for Anthony Everett's improved efficiency, you know, focusing more on on on-ball creation, you know, having that as an addition. Uh, you look at Carl Anthony Towns, continue to be a dominant offensive center, and maybe add some more chops on the defensive end as well, more of that defensive acumen. I think Chris Finn will be Chris Finch, excuse me, will be a huge help in that regard. If you keep D'Angelo Russell, first of all, staying healthy, big. Second of all, you know, being that guy that is that floor general, keeping that same synergy that you had with Cat that led you to some relative success in the latter half of the season, particularly the last 20 games or so. That's what you're looking at for Minnesota. And that's unless you make a trade for Ben Simmons, in which case everything gets reevaluated under that lens of, okay, building with Ben Simmons and XYZ, Anthony Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards and, and 
Carl Anthony Towns chief among those. But that's where you look at for Minnesota. It's not going to be a crazy offseason for them just because they don't really have the means to make it that. Um, if a trade for Ben Simmons happens, definitely going to be interesting to see how that works out. I'm excited. You know we'll cover it here on Rumble Ramble. But is it likely at this point in the game? I'm not saying so. So we'll see. We'll see. It should be interesting regardless to monitor them. And they're a team that is on the rise. Plenty of youth. And, and the addition of Chris Finch for this team has been huge. All right, so that is it for the Minnesota Timberwolves offseason preview here at Ramble Ramble. Uh, we're going to keep these things coming very soon. I have some more down the pipeline. I mean, we have how many teams? <laughs> 28 now because uh, by this point, um, you already heard yesterday's episode with David Williams from the Hoopball Grizzlies show, which is fire. Definitely make sure check that out at DWill2111. We had a great time talking about that. Now even Minnesota Timberwolves in the book. So we'll get some more in here real soon. But, um... That's really all I got here. Definitely make sure to check us all out. As I say before, Corbin NBA. No rants today. No NBA birthdays today. We just putting this thing out there. We just gonna give it to you live. Um, until next time, folks. I am Frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. <laughs> I This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.